Today's Vodka Cocktail Conversation is brought to you by Kettle One. Welcome to another edition of Light Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half-full editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Wondrich. How are you, Dave? All right. How are you? Good. Talking about cocktails today as one of our favorite topics. Yeah, wishing I had one in my hand right now. (laughs) We could. We could. Well, that's true. We could. We'll Uh, be right back. We'll be right back. All right. Now that we have cocktails... um, it's kind of funny. You and I spend far too much of our time crisscrossing this country, going to bars, talking to bartenders, and no matter where we are, really hard to find an establishment that doesn't have a Moscow Mule, a Bloody Mary, a vodka soda, a Cosmopolitan, I mean, a martini on its menu. You know, wherever you go, vodka is still king, and vodka cocktails really are still super, super popular. Yeah, that that they are, especially uh, if you go into like the mid-level bars, absolutely, and the uh, airport bars where I spend a lot of time. Oh yeah, and uh, where people drink Bloody Marys. Oh my god, day and night. Oh my god, yeah, where I drink Bloody Marys, frankly, because <laughs> you know I'm always I always believe go with the what the bar does best, right. and uh, they're not going to make me a very good last word at the airport. No, probably bar. not. Probably not. But that Bloody Mary might be okay. Yeah, well, maybe I still have hope that. Yeah. Uh, Slowly, bar, airport bar by airport bar, mm-hmm. we're getting better cocktails. And one day, you might get that last I word. I might get that last word. But in, but in Although the meantime... that's probably a bad omen to order the last <laughs> word say, before I'm, you get on a plane. <laughs> that's not... Nah, I'll stick with a Bloody Mary. Bad time to do, yeah. you know, Which order is a dive a bomber, uh, yeah, you know, no, 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 depth no. shark. Burning or, fuselage. No, probably, you know. no, 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 like uh, smooth sailing, yeah. uh, you know... Uh, Bright skies. Yeah. Safe landing. <laughs> Aviation. Right, exactly. Sleep from takeoff to landing. Yeah. <laughs> it is really kind of amazing. Even with the rebirth of the cocktail, we're, I don't know, almost 20, 25 years into it, depending upon how you figure it. And yeah. still, vodka is still so popular. And vodka cocktails really, you know, in many ways, just that's what bars sell. Yeah, they're 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 bedrock for so many yeah. bars, and you know the whole craft cocktail movement was uh, uh, started off as kind of a last ditch fight to preserve a little bit that wasn't vodka. Yeah, and it managed to do that, yeah. which is fine. Yeah, for a while there, we were all super hostile to vodka <laughs> drinks just because it was the only thing right. you could get anywhere. Right, everything was Appletinis and uh, and crap like that that are just you know a lot of fake ingredients in in the drinks with not very flavorful alcohol. On the other hand, uh, once the fight is kind of, you know, that battle's been won, yeah. that there is a space for non-vodka drinks. Yeah, for now, sure. Now, at that point, you might as well just, you know, stop fighting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and at the beginning of the rebirth of the cocktail, there are certainly yeah. a lot of bartenders who are, you know, they were using what was at hand, right? I mean, a lot of the ingredients oh, yeah. that we have today, we didn't have, like, we only read about them in books. If we could find right. those books, we didn't even have those books maybe. But basically, you know, what you would start with is what you could get. And vodka was certainly on hand. And, you know, we mm-hmm. see a lot of the, you know, the Moscow Mules coming back early on. You know, Toby Cuccini at the Odeon is perfecting the modern Cosmopolitan, which right. obviously uses vodka. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's like vodka helped in some ways start the craft cocktail boom, you know, with these drinks. Yeah, it was it was a building block for yeah. a lot of people. Uh, even, 
even despite, you know, sort of feeling a little weird about it yeah. for people, they were still like, well, well we need that vodka drink right. on the menu. And, uh, and that helped them to run their bars. Oh, and, yeah. You know, you see a lot of bartenders with shirts that say vodka pays the bills, which is... Uh, still true. It's still true. But and there's it, also, you know, there's a long tradition of vodka cocktails, and it has some really good uses. Yeah. I mean, to be, like, sort of uh, writing it off entirely is just as foolish as to be only using vodka <laughs> exactly. in, in your drinks, because that's the easy way. I think you're right. I think a lot of people don't realize that there is a long history of vodka cocktails, not just in Russia or the Eastern Bloc, but even even in yeah, America. even over here. I mean, it came vodka came over here first in quantity uh, after repeal. It was here before prohibition. You would see it, but you would have to go to like a Russian neighborhood right. or something like that, an ethnic neighborhood. You know, if you, if you went to like the bar at the uh, Waldorf Astoria, maybe the top bar in New York in the 1910s. They would have vodka. Right. They would have a bottle of it, not three kinds. They'd have one kind, and that was for visiting Russians and sure. you know people. Uh, this is before the Russian Revolution, when uh, Russians could travel, and they'd they'd have that vodka there, or for you know globe trotters and types like that. You don't really hear of a lot of drinks made with it. There was supposedly the Waldorf Astoria had one, but nobody ever wrote down the recipe. <laughs> But uh, which is odd because there yeah. there is a Waldorf Astoria cocktail book. So yeah. I mean a lot. Yeah, of, and they just didn't they didn't have that in there. Or it didn't either didn't make the cut or yeah. nobody put it in there. But after repeal the uh the Russian government made a big push to enter the American market with exporting vodka. Sure. And you know, it was something they could sell, they needed cash. And it was, and we needed it. I mean Yeah, after... I mean at that point we didn't have a lot of aged whiskey, so the the competition was kind of different. All of the distilleries after prohibition, you know, after years and years of not really being used had to be rebuilt. So, yeah. you know, it takes time. I mean, Yeah, even... so there was an opening there. Oh, for sure. You know, it was uh, they were saying, well, this if you're drinking just basically unaged alcohol, ours is very good. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly a lot better than what we'd be but drinking. But the there was a problem with it though. But that, but but well, the first thing they did is they started uh, they had a cocktail contest in New York right. with uh, like all the top bartenders and they just all like made their drinks. 2019, right? Yep, exactly what what anybody launched any weird booze would do today. Absolutely. And uh, they got some traction and they got yeah. some drinks here and there. But the big problem was uh, the uh, quality of control of their bottles was poor and the bottles kept breaking. Oh, no. You know, the shipment was, uh, yeah. you know, that was, it was one shipment, basically. <laughs> I mean, it was before containers, right. but uh, <laughs> nobody rebought because the bottles kept breaking oh, no. on the shelf. You know, that, that a small design flaw. Yeah, small design flaw. Drink it before it explodes. You know, meanwhile, that it showed that there was a market, and yeah. uh, there was a little uh, vodka imported from the Baltic. I think huh. the guy Rudolf Kunet, who had bought the Smirnoff brand, oh right, uh, or at least the rights to uh, market it in America, and he started right. distilling it in Connecticut, and uh, he captured a little market. What I think is cool is like. If in like 1936, say, so so maybe three years after repeal, you were going around to all the hip bars in New York, the coolest thing you could drink was vodka. Was it was like the hipster secret handshake. Right. You know, it was before tequila. That came in the 50s. Before Fernet. Yeah, before all that stuff. This was the bartenders, or not the bartenders, more like the hipsters, like secret thing. Yeah. I don't know. I've got a couple of... Uh, Drink books from the Russian Tea Room, which was uh, the the premier Russian restaurant 
in New York, and you and they've got lists of all their uh, Russian cocktails with vodka, and they're pretty basic. There's a Russian punch that I've tried with uh, creme de cassis, one part, mm. four parts vodka, one part Jamaica rum, rum, one part lemon juice, and a half a teaspoonful of sugar. That's actually not bad. Yeah. I mean, the vodka's not, you know, doing a lot there. Right. But it's good. For support to the rum, I guess. Yeah. Or... The, the best one I, I found in this is the uh, Gypsy Queen cocktail, which uses something that vodka does really well. And this one is two parts vodka, one part Benedictine, and a dash of bitters. Now, if you're going to drink a glass of Benedictine on your own, right? Eh, I mean, right? Not so good. I mean, I like Benedictine, but... And, and famously used with brandy, right? The B&E. Yeah, and, yeah and you that. need to cut it with something because it's thick and it's right. sweet. And so vodka's great for Slightly that. Slightly medicinal, maybe yeah. even. Yeah, and if you cut it like yeah. that, you know, it cuts the sweetness way back. And you can really appreciate the taste of the Benedictine without being so like, you know, having this heavy, thick drink. Yeah. I can't really remember what the proof is of Benedictine. It's 80 proof, so it's it, strong, yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, yeah, and vodka you're, you're is... cutting it with, vodka was either 80 or 100 yeah. then. So, Thin it out, but you're not yeah. losing the potency. You go to a lot of cocktail bars now where they give you these really concentrated drinks. They're using like big bold flavors they're oh, using yeah. amaros they're mixing the amaro with vermouth they're adding like four different types of bitters four different types of bitters and like whiskey or, or oh, dark yeah. rum or something it's like you know why don't you put a part of <laughs> vodka in there and give this thing a little breathing room oh yeah <laughs> you know for sure just thin it out a little i mean a lot of bars or bartenders are now talking about kind of flavoring things like the ice right taking the water flavoring the water right, right. the dilution you know not just adding dilution but adding flavor but i mean in some ways that's kind of the vodka thing where you're adding instead of just dilution you're adding alcohol like yeah. you're adding you know yeah. something to the drink see besides. i mean yeah you're, you're the alcohol has texture yeah. i mean it's a light texture but yeah but it's there and uh yeah and it's not it doesn't make it taste watery at least exactly and uh it but it's a it's a way of opening up like drinks that are really closed you know yeah. and that are hard to get into and you can mix a little vodka in there and just uh, uh, smooth it out and, and blow it open a little bit. Yeah. So that's one one thing that uh, it's a trick that people are, have kind of forgotten. Yeah, it's uh, really think. interesting. Yeah. Most of the vodka drinks are just uh, vodka plus fruit juice or vodka soda, which is you know. Yeah. Like you mean you mean today or back? Yeah, in the today. Day? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, traditionally they've mostly been like that. The uh, vodka martini is a great exception. I mean, yeah. Well, even, I mean, looking at your, your RTR, the Russian Tea Room, which was yeah. on 57th Street next to, or right almost next to Carnegie Hall. Yeah. I mean, the drinks, some of them, there's, you know, there's a highball listed, but, you know, made with ginger ale, you yeah. know. And it's kind of the same. We're yeah. right back there. I mean, I mean we're like, right back there. I know. Yeah, the vodka, bee's knees, honey, uh, lime juice, and a lot of vodka. That's actually not bad, right? And that and that's a and that drink was probably invented what like at the Ritz in Paris, right? By... Yeah, yeah. Well, the the original bee's knees with gin, right? And the you know the vodka one's going to be pretty pleasant. Uh, there's uh... which again is I think funny because that's such a modern thing to do to take yeah. like a you know a famous or kind of classic recipe and swap out the base, right? So it's yeah. like we think that we're you know clever doing that today yeah like, but it's like right it's the oldest trick yeah, in the book oldest right? trick in the book. i'll make a negroni but i'll make it yeah. with you know mezcal yeah. well i yeah. mean that's essentially what somebody did with the 
with the bee's knees. They took yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to, you know, use vodka in there. Right, exactly. Plus, you know, honey's kind of a Russian thing. Uh, lime juice, not so much. <laughs> not really. Not, not really a lot of limes grown in no, Russia. No, I, no. I, I imagine the Tsar and, and the Romanovs probably were able to get them from, yeah. from, from Europe or from around the world. Yeah, they'd have to be shipped pretty far. Yeah. In the 40s, you get the, uh, the first dedicated, like, huge blockbuster vodka drinks. Oh, you yeah. know, the Moscow Mule from, you know, 42... From uh, L.A., right? From, yeah, from L.A. That's definitely from L.A. And, and, then, and again, I mean, fairly simple drink. I mean, it's not oh, yeah. that different than the highball. No, your right? dog I mean, could make one. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I would have, gladly have that dog live in yeah. my house. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, Moscow Mule generally. It's got to be a corgi. corgi. <laughs> <laughs> Vodka, ginger beer, lime juice. Done. That's it, right? Ice. Yeah. I mean, it's served yeah. in that copper mug, yeah, but yeah. like traditionally. We it's really one, hard obviously. to screw it up. And, but that's not different than that highball that's listed no. of the vodka no. ginger ale. I mean, it's no, just it just somebody, has the lime juice in it. Right. So yeah. it's, I mean, somebody in California, there are limes all over, mm-hmm. an abundance of limes, yeah. you squeeze, half a squeeze. And, you know, it's a refreshing, simple drink. Absolutely. And uh, during World War II, uh, you couldn't get whiskey very easily. Right. There was a lot of rum on the market because that was uh, not controlled. Uh, you know, whiskey was uh, all, all the di- all the distillation in the U.S. was was earmarked for war work, right? They, and they so they had to import them. what they could get close by, because right. not from Europe, right? Uh, so you know they're getting rum from the Caribbean and stuff like which that. Which again goes a lot but, of it goes into a dark and stormy. Which yeah. guess what is basically a Moscow mule. Yeah, just well, they're, your, they're, your you got rum that rum vodka. No, no, yeah. but I mean it's the yeah. rest, I mean essentially yeah. Yeah. same idea. Yeah, like same idea exactly. So it's I mean it's interesting that you have both of them. Yeah. In this sort of blockbuster drink. You know, you've got the what they called back then the freak drinks, uh, like the uh, the big one was the Bloody Mary, which oh, was yeah. like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but you know, you see that starting in the in the like early thirties. Well, there, were, I mean, that drink. There's so many theories about. Yeah, that's it's really I mean, really hard to get to the bottom of it. But yeah, uh, I mean, some of them are just totally ridiculous, yeah. like Mary Queen of Scots, and yeah, you know, yeah. all this. You know, it's nothing. I mean, to but do what, with. what we can say is, you start seeing by the mid 1930s. People regularly mixing vodka and tomato juice. Right. Not gin, vodka. You know, actually it starts as a vodka drink. Right. And uh, that's interesting. Well, back at the Ritz, again, isn't there one, I think, listed in our friend... Uh, uh, it's got no no alcohol in it. Uh, it's just a tomato juice cocktail. In the Ritz cocktail. Yeah, and the book. tomato juice yeah. cocktail was... Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, in uh, 1928, the tomato juice marketing board or, you know, the tomato marketing board, starts promoting the tomato juice cocktail. You know what's in it? <laughs> what's in it? Worcestershire, okay. Tabasco, lemon juice, salt, and pepper with tomato juice. It's very familiar. Very where, familiar. Where have I heard that combination before? Yeah, where have I heard that combination before? And they make a big deal, and it's right. heavily promoted. Right. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, people had also been uh, drinking gin and, to- and, the, and the juice out of canned tomatoes as a hangover cure. <laughs> Because uh, it was before you could get was tomato before, juice everywhere. That was before Snoop Dogg and, yeah, and yeah, orange yeah. juice. I yeah, imagine. yeah, it was gin and tomato juice. Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that was the the jazz version. Right. Um, so these two things kind of get blended together because really vodka uh, is better in this drink. You know, it's it's uh, there's already so much going on in there. Yeah, I don't, you don't you really don't. need the gin. 
Not really. I mean, I, I, a lot of that gets lost, mm-hmm. or it's her fights. Although, with a lot also, of a lot of gins were very mildly flavored back well, then. To be too. honest, yeah, they weren't all like you know a modern Tanqueray or something. Yeah, or, or these heavy ones that the uh, micro distillers are turning out with with huge botanic loads. Uh, back then, there were a lot that were practically vodka. Yeah, you know, or sweetened one like the yeah, whole there palm, were some sweetened you know, ones. Like, yeah, they they weren't all like, like these a, huge juniper bombs. Like a dessert Bloody Mary. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. That no. No, no, no what a terrible no, idea. No. You know, these these uh, the screwdriver you get. Oh yeah. That one starts during World War II in Turkey, which really? is crazy. Yeah. Huh. Starts at a bar in Ankara. And uh everybody's uh it's the house cocktail. Everybody's drinking it in in, in Ankara, Turkey. Uh, there are a lot of Americans there uh, in the oil industry. Yeah. Uh, the British and the Russians had invaded Persia because, uh, or Iran because the Iranians uh, were thought to have some Nazi leanings. And so uh, just to stop any un- unpleasantness, right. they occupied the country, which is pretty rough. You know, the oil industry was hooked up through Turkey and there were, and Turkey was a neutral country, but uh, the allies were there too. And, uh, there were a lot of them hanging out in Ankara. Well, I think that necessity being the mother of invention yeah. really applies to alcohol, right? Where most people, the type of alcohol that they make is basically whatever grows there. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, whether it's agave yeah. or potatoes or it's grapes or, I mean, what, whatever Turkey, it is. Yeah. Turkey people, made, a, made a lot of grain vodka. Sure. Because right. you know, well, also you know they're in the neighborhood of Russia. Right, they share the Black mean. Sea. It's not like it's right. it's too far from them. You know, it's <laughs> and not, you can make. I mean, it's not exotic. And also, like the question of like vodka can be made of anything, yeah. and when you're distilling, really any kind of ingredient to the point mm-hmm. where you know you reach you know uh, odorless, colorless. You know, yeah, there were complaints that this stuff wasn't fully right. odorless. <laughs> But theoretically, you could, I mean, yeah, unlike, theoretically. Okay. unlike other stuff, you could make vodka yeah. basically anywhere. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. maybe it wasn't totally. And I don't I don't really agree with our federal, you know, regulations that say no, it's no, odorless there's, colors. There's, and flavor. there's always flavor. There's no yeah. color. There is usually a little bit of odor and there's a little yeah. bit of flavor. But yeah. but also on the other end, I think people, you know, mix that, whatever alcohol they produce with whatever, again, is yeah. local. So yeah. you have oranges, you mix it with oranges. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you mix it with, you know, cranberries, you mix it with cranberries. Yeah. You know, it's, I, if you've got uh, Sprite, you mix it with Sprite. <laughs> Wherever Sprite's well, grown. Yeah, exactly. It grows at the bodega, exactly. I think. <laughs> um, I mean, that's in my experience. Sure, sure. Those drinks become classics. I mean, there might not be yeah. like a ton of, you know, like, you know, there are Dozens and dozens of classic, you know, gin cocktails, right? Right. But, like, we only, these days, there are only really a handful that people actually drink, right? Yeah. Where vodka is kind of the reverse, where there aren't tons of classic vodka drinks, but the ones that we have are all blockbusters, like, for the most part. They become, like, home runs in a way. The time of vodka sort of maximum innovation has basically passed. People have come up with whatever you can do with vodka. They've pretty yeah. much done by this yeah. point because it's just so ubiquitous. Although I think your point about using it kind of as a split base, like with yeah. that's something that I can yeah, that, we'll that, see that, more that of I'd people. like to see more of because uh, it's yeah. useful. At least probably over the last 20, 30 years, we saw a lot of sort of Russian theme bars doing infusions, right? Yeah. Like traditionally yeah, yeah, yeah. in, you know, at least as we've been led to believe in Russia, Eastern Europe— 
people infuse vodka. Oh with, yeah, that, you know, that, well, that's that's true. That's absolutely horseradish, true. fruits, yeah. you know, vegetables. But again, whatever you have, you, you know, can, I've got it at uh, uh, I've got at home a uh, catalog from nineteen. 19- 58 for the Soviet liquor industry. Okay. Uh, illustrated with uh, of course you heavily do. retouched photographs in color. Amazing. You know, it's amazing. It's right. it's like super rare, obviously. It's just this crazy ass thing. And uh, it's got a lot of vodka flavors in it. Yeah, I can only imagine. You know, and all uh, in there. It gives you the bottle sizes and prices. Huh. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. And plus all their... Every kind of liquor they sold, yeah, uh, nationwide in the, in the in the old USSR. Wow, is in there. For a while, like you would go into these places and kind of like that catalog, there'd be yeah. a wall of different infusions, oh, right? Yeah. You had, you know, even Aquavit, the Swedish restaurant, mm-hmm. they had infusions, but KGB. But they were even at even Aquavit, they were using vodka. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 no. KGB. They're not using Aquavit. The Russian no. samovar room, you know, yeah. the the Russian vodka yeah, room, yeah. and and you'd go in and you'd get either, you know, and and then people in Vegas even had, you know, bars like yeah. this. Like, you'd either get like a flight of like shots of different vodkas, or you know, occasionally they would use them to make different types of drinks. But uh, which is interesting too, where that kind of infusion almost. Uh, it was before like the mainstream rebirth of the cocktail, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, that kind of creativity we now see like for different types of syrups and yeah, and that, you know, that kind of led to a wing of the cocktail revolution too. There yeah. was you know those people, uh, oh, yeah. Todd Thrasher. There were a lot of yeah. you know early uh, people doing craft stuff. But based off of that yeah. infusion world, well, because it was know. it was easy, but yeah. I mean, and and it produces yeah, you had really Kathy interesting things. Oh, up, absolutely up, up north, and and you know that was it was useful, and yeah. uh, the the people who were most successful with it kind of moved a little past that right. and started to get more complexity in yeah. in the drinks because uh, it gives you a, you know some very bright drinks, but you don't get a lot of uh, depth of flavor and. Uh, you, you get a lot of very fruity drinks, and uh, yeah, or or like spicy ones, or like spicy it, like ones. It exactly, works really well. Yeah, but again, I mean, sort of used to the traditional, you know, Russian style mm-hmm. of of vodka, you know, drinking. You know, where that's you know yeah. horseradish. You yeah, know, but they, the Russians whatever. traditionally usually didn't mix those. Right. You know, those would be just like I'm going to have medicinal. Yeah, there's my medicinal, medicinal horseradish or or my hunter's vodka with uh, bison grass. Or you and, take a shot of it, then jump into the freezing cold, yeah. like you know, uh, pool outside your you know yeah, little and cabin then, and, and, and then, get back uh, in and yeah, have more get back vodka. in and have them beat you with tree branches and steam you. I have had this done. <laughs> it is, uh, and then you go and dive survive. into the cold right. again. Right. And then you drink more vodka. Some sturgeon. And then you put your arm around your friend and say that, you know, you will love them forever, that you are brothers under the skin. And and then you drink more. At that point, you're so delirious. Yeah. Whether it's the heat, the cold, the vodka, the fish. It's everything. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's an experience. I I can only imagine. I mean, in some ways, vodka, you know, it it keeps reinventing itself over time. And the vodka cocktails... It almost seems like it, it finds a way to make itself relevant, at least over the last, I'd say really probably since the 70s, you know what I mean, where it's yeah. you know, orange juice or cranberry juice or, you know, uh, the Cosmopolitan and then 
you know, sort of the modern era with, you know, club soda, you know, we, this, I mean, that it really is the big vodka drink of now is, absolutely. is the vodka soda. Yeah. Just like nothing clean. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. For, for people. And, uh, uh, I know bartenders are countering it with gin and soda, which, uh, I, I, given the choice between the yeah, two. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd go with vodka and yeah. soda, actually. I'd, I'd, I'd go with a vodka martini, screw right, the soda. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean. It, it is interesting. I mean, but you're right. The vodka martini's in there before the vodka soda. I yeah. mean, it's, but just, it's just as, as people's drinking habits change, it somehow finds a way to morph with them, which yeah. is, I, I mean, it's a chameleon, yeah, it's which is really different than just about any other spirit. I mean, we see over time, over the last, I don't know, since the turn of the century, so many different drinking eras and, you know, spirits come and go and a lot of them don't come back or they're, or they're, they have a, like, you know, a boom yeah, and, and then, then they, they bust right. and, and they don't totally go away, but they don't ever regain that kind of popularity. Yeah. Which, but vodka, it's, it's just interesting how it sort of totally, you know, keeps, keeps changing, keeps morphing with the different times and always finds a new audience. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> exactly. You know? It's like what you mix it with. Exactly. Or if you don't want to mix it with anything, then you've got like the ultimate clean liquor. You right. know, it's like, it's clear, icy. I mean, I keep, I always keep a bottle of vodka in my freezer. I have one too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and sometimes there's nothing like that shot of, <laughs> it's true. of, of icy cold vodka it's right true. out of the freezer. I mean, that's good drinking. It you is. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's bracing, it's clean, it's, uh. I don't know. It it, it fixes you. <laughs> and then I have to come over and hit you with uh, some kind of uh, the eucalyptus branch. Yeah, to wake exactly. You up. The branches. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, we for go the complete, into the steam room. The and, complete experience. Yeah. Well, it's time for, I think, definitely a uh, cocktail is that time of day. Yeah. I think I'll go for one of those gypsy queens. That uh, doesn't sound bad. Yeah. You know, two parts vodka, one part Benedictine, dash of bitters, maybe a lemon twist. Make it a double. Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.